couple of years back, two, three years ago, I uh, attended a seminar where I spoke about the Hudia fiasco, where the Hudia plant is uh, a plant that grows in the Kalahari, which was used by the, the sun to suppress their appetites when they go on long hunting trips, etc., etc. And overseas scientists came and they bioprospected this plant, and they developed it, and they subtracted the active ingredient, P53, and patented it. And they made a lot of money overseas after it was developed by various pharmaceutical companies, and none of those money came back to the sun community. So they used the indigenous knowledge of the sun, and they exploited it financially, but none of that benefits returned to the community. And the reason being, or the reason they gave was they had very difficulty, great difficulty in communicating with the Sun population because they spoke an indigenous language and they couldn't um, obtain proper informed consent, they couldn't negotiate with them. I thought that this type of exploitation was unacceptable especially in the view of the development of informed consent processes worldwide. And then can you tell me why are sent people becoming the most researched population in the world? They have, interestingly enough, they have the oldest and the most diverse genes of any living being on the planet. With other words, the human population, according to scientists, started here in the basin in Africa. And they, they spread across the world. And as they spread across the globe, their genes diversified and adapted to environmental conditions. So the sun has the most adapted or versified, diversified genes available. There are certain um, legal and ethical issues that arise, arise in researching human beings or the sand population. What are those? Yes, informed consent being the major one. Since the Second World War, with all that medical and science research atrocities committed during the Second World War and the subsequent Nuremberg trials of the doctors involved, um, it was said that informed consent it must be obtained from any research, human research subject, before medical or scientific research can be conducted. So informed consent is obligated by various international instruments like the um, Nuremberg Code, the Declaration of Helsinki, the Belmont Report, as well as constitutionally protected here in South Africa. And to obtain informed consent sounds easier as it might be. You need to obtain adequate informed consent, which means you need to inform the research participant of all the risks, dangers involved in the, the research to enable them to make an informed decision whether or not they are willing to commit themselves or subject themselves to such research. And if you can't obtain this research or consent properly, it can um, jeopardize your whole research project. To sort of um, fix this, this whole problem, you came up with a communication tool. Can you tell me about that? Yes, I came up with a fairly simple communication tool in the form of a comic. Um, I, I actually built further on the visual culture of the sun themselves, considering all their rock paintings and their storytelling and visual culture, ancient culture. And I designed and developed a comic explaining exactly the whole research process, what it entails, how scientists will obtain a genetic sample, um, explaining the risks, 
and the benefits, privacy, confidentiality, so they can see um, what scientists want to do, what the results might be and the consequences and exactly what they can expect. So through visuals, I try to communicate what words alone cannot communicate because I, I found that researchers, scientists, and the sun population might often use the same word, but they attach very different meanings to it. So with this comic, it's a black and white line-drawn comic, they can literally be in the same page. They can draw on it and make sure that they understand the concepts specifically um, and obtain correct or adequate informed consent through that visual tool. And then um, have you tried to test this communication tool and um, what, what was your experience when you tested it? Yes, I have the absolute honor of doing field research in June and July this year in the Sun community in Platfontein. That's a small, isolated community about seven kilometers from Kimberley. I took my, my comic there and I tested it empirically after I've obtained um, ethical consent from the University of Pretoria and the Sun Council. You need to obtain consent from both those institutions. I tested it in the Sun community with great success. Um, it was um, accepted very with open arms. Um, and for the first time, they told me that they truly understand what genes are. They've heard before about genes and genomic research, but for the first time, they understand where it's situated in your body, because that's depicted in the comic as well, what it entails, what scientists will be able to do with that. And for the first time, they understood that. And there was also a process of deconstruction of their previous assumptions of what genes and genetic research meant. Um, breaking off that barriers of possible misconceptions between scientists and the sun community. With this communications tool, like let's say like you wanted to research, let's say the Kosa tribe, would you be able to use the same communication tool to do that? No, absolutely. Obviously, you will need to adapt the communication tool to fit the Kosa um, culture. Um, because it's very cultural sensitive. But you can use the same pictures um, adapted slightly to fit their culture um, and just add certain wording here or there, but you can absolutely use the same tool in any other culture. That's the beauty of comics and, and pictures. Um, they, they communicate far broader than language will ever be able to do. And are scientists starting to use it? Not yet. They have been testing it before with various models with flip charts and boards and, and three-dimensional models up in Africa, specifically relating to malaria um, treatment and research projects regarding malaria in Kenya specifically, but they haven't implemented as a standard protocol in genomic research, for instance. How was it received by the same community? Oh, very positive. They enjoyed the pictures, but what was very interesting is um, they told me that from my perspective, I developed the comic as a black and white line drawing with characters somewhere between a full-blown comic 
character and a symbol. So it was very um, abstract characters. And they wanted full-blown, developed, detailed characters. And this fits with their his- history and um, their political stance at the moment, where it's very important for them to be respected and acknowledged as persons, complete persons. So they want the comic to be developed even further to a more comic side versus a more abstract side which leans towards um, the written word. So they they accepted it greatly, or it was very successfully um, presented to them, but they wanted it to, to be developed more realistically and being depicted more realistically to to be dignified and and acknowledge them in person. And on the one hand, you've got the communications tool, and then on mm-hmm. the other hand, you're also doing research for your PhD. Um, is it yes. on two different topics, or does it integrate? No, it, it integrates beautifully. My, my PhD is specifically regarding informed consent and how to obtain proper informed consent, specifically regarding um, vulnerable populations where there's language barriers, where there's educational barriers, which is of great importance because scientists encounter those ba- barriers on a daily basis if they do research in Africa. And it's important that research um, is supported in Africa because we have so many diseases and environmental influences that needs to be uh, addressed via research to benefit the population's health. So if they can't obtain proper informed consent, they won't be able to do this research and the population of the whole continent might suffer in the meantime. So my research on informed consent and this development of the comic is actually the outcome of my research which I do in my PhD. With the the hoodie fiasco that that happened, um, yes. where they didn't really get the proper consent, how did that story develop? What happened at the end? There was a happy ending. Luckily, there was an attorney that handled land claims, Roger Chenov. He handled land claims for the son, and he became involved in the whole hoodie matter to the extent that he negotiated on behalf of the son a benefit sharing agreement with the South African Council that patented um, the, the active ingredient in the Hudia matter. So um, a benefit-sharing agreement was concluded with, to the effect that certain benefits, be it monetary or non-monetary, be paid back to the Sun community or be given to the community to benefit the community as a whole. And the the benefit-sharing agreement is now part of the Biodiversity Act. However, this the Biodiversity Act covers plants and animals and stuff like that, but it's not applicable on human beings. So, again, proper informed consent when you do genetic research in human beings is important um, because benefit sharing must be explained to them there and then during the informed consent process because it's not covered by the Biodiversity Act. Uh, Mariki, I don't understand. Why would somebody want to patent a plant? The Hoodia plant um, has got an active ingredient, B53, that suppresses your appetite um, for a long time. Mm. The sun specifically, it was part of the indigenous knowledge, used it to suppress their appetites when they go on long hunting trips and where food and water was scarce. 
But in our Western civilization, where we tend to overeat and overindulge, etc., etc., but it's very important to be slim and um, skinny, they patent the plant and they sell pharmaceutical products or slimming products with that ingredient in it, great profits, as a slimming treatment in the Western civilization.